Thanks for checking out the New Hope Podcast. We believe this message will encourage you and transform you into who God is calling you to be. You are loved. Enjoy. Today is an exciting day. Amen? Right? A couple days ago, we were like looking straight down the barrel of a hurricane, right? And today, for a little bit, we can celebrate knowing like, hey, they're saying it may turn. <laughs> Amen? And we're believing it will turn. And so keep believing that, but be prepared. God, God asks, asks us to do our part as well, right? So be prepared. If you need anything, if you're, um, if you're a, a widow or you're a single mom, we'd love to help you. If you need anything, just let us know and we'll try to make it happen. Um, in James, it says to look after the orphans and widows in their distress. And now in our culture, there's a lot of single moms. So um, I'm, we're going to throw that right in there too. How's that sound? But today we're, we're, we're looking at Whole Nother Level Part 6. Yeah. Ian is so excited. Every time he sees me, I love this series, Pastor Landon. Listen, I love this series, and I don't want it to end, but today is the last day. There's a couple people who's like, oh. So today, we're going we're gonna to put an a exclamation point on this series. And this has been a great series for me. God's done a ton in me in this series. And I know he's doing a lot in you. If you've missed some of them, most of them are on the, our website. You can actually go and watch them. So if you've missed some of them, you're like, oh, we missed them. We were away on vacation. We know it was in the summertime. So go online, take a look at them. If you have an iPhone, uh, there's a couple on the podcast app there as well. And uh, so, but today uh, we're going to do something a little different at the end of my message. And it's going to be great. And for some reason at the beginning of this week, God spoke to me. Isn't that great when God speaks to us? And he said, listen, today is about commissioning. I said, well, what's that mean? So I looked it up and, and it's about um, setting apart and saying, okay, here's the start of something new. And what I want to do at the end of service today is I would love to, and this is with your permission, I'd love to pray over every person in this room. Okay? You're like, oh man, how long is that going to take, Pastor Landon? I'm going to have my friends come up and literally we're just going to, you're going to walk, you're going to keep walking, we're just going to pray, God bless this person. God, and we'll, if we know your name, we're going to use your name. And we're going to say, God, take them to a whole nother level in you. And that's it. We just want, what we will do is we'll have people just walk through here and we're just going to pray over you. If, if you don't want that, hey, that's fine, that's cool. But we believe that when we come together in prayer and we lay hands, God does something special. Amen? Come on. And so today, I believe God's going to do something profound in your life. And maybe we're thinking like, what, what does God want to do in and through me? And so maybe this whole series, you're like, God's been speaking to me and has been challenging me with this and has been doing this in my life. And so today, I believe, is the, t the place where you say, okay, God, I'm ready. I'm willing. You know what God uses willing people, right? You could have all the talent in the world. You could have all the money in the world. You could have everything, all the education. And guess what? At the end of the day, if you say no to God, he won't use you. But you say, God, I'm, you could have no education, no money. And you say, God, I'm ready to be used by you. And guess what? He will use you. And he'll take you further 
than what you could ever dream, hope, or imagine. So I'm just going to go through a couple points today, write them down, and then we're going to worship and we're going to pray. Amen? So number one, experience, this is my challenge for the church today, experience God for yourself. I think so many times in our culture, in our culture where there's a sermon on, every, on, on all these websites and there's churches on every corner and there's people proclaiming Jesus everywhere, that we, ex- we don't experience Jesus, we don't experience God for ourselves. We live through someone else's experience and they tell us the stories. Hey, God did this in my life. God did this with my finances. God gave me a job here. And we, we're like, we're super excited and we're happy for them. But we start living through them. And we start thinking about them. And so we, we see here, um, and we're in Exodus. So if you were here last week, we talked about Exodus 14 where the, where the Israelites were crossing the Red Sea. And up until that point, they're just complaining, right? They're like, well, Moses, what are you doing? You're taking us out to the desert and we're going we're gonna to be killed and, and the Egyptians are on their tail and God's like, no, no, no. I'm going to open up the sea and you're going to walk on dry ground. And that's what we learned last week that, that his people saw a miracle. They experienced it firsthand. Right? Now they don't have to, obviously they're going to listen to Moses, but now they don't have to think about like, oh, Moses told us this, and Moses told us that. You know what? When they're walking through, and they see a wall of water on this side, and a wall of water on this side, they are experiencing God for themselves, aren't they? Are you experiencing God for you? Are you opening up the word? Are you praising the Lord? Are you, are you taking time to experience God? Or are you living through someone else's experience? That's our kind of our question today. How are you, what does that look like? Are you living your walk with Jesus through someone else's eyes? Look what it says in Psalm 34, 8. I think I got that right, didn't I, Chris? Psalm 34, 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is what? Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Taste and see. Taste and see. Do you have those friends who text you pictures of what they're going to eat? Or you see that on Facebook? I'm going to mess with you for a second there, Charles. Charles all the time texts me what he's putting on the grill. I'm like, man. But that's great. I'm glad that you have all this food and, and you're seeing it on Facebook and you're like, oh, and then they, or someone will come up and describe the last meal they had. Oh, it was so good. That was the best burger I ever had. Well, did you take any home? Like, are you going to share it with me? So don't tell me what you just ate. And you're, you're not experiencing it for you. You're living through someone else's experience. You're like, man, I wish I could, I can kind of, I can kind of understand a little bit how good that food was. But if you don't taste and see for yourself, are you really experiencing it? No. And I think we live in the day and age where a lot of people are doing that with, with the Lord. Is that we're seeing, oh wow, God is so good to me. God did this. God challenged me here. I had freedom in this. And you're living through their experience rather than saying, God, 
let me experience you. I want to get on my knees and I want to worship and praise you. I want to experience you. Amen? Amen. You're like, that's too much work, Pastor Landon. It's not work at all. Taste and see. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Look what it says in Romans 8 about this experience. It says, Romans 8, 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. So are we truly heirs? Are we truly children? Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his suffering in order that we may also share in his glory. If we are God's children... Like I talked to, like my, I'm 34 years old, right? So to these people over here, I'm old. Like they think I'm old. But I'm, I'm still young. But you know what? I talk to my dad on the phone like every day or every other day. And my dad's awesome. How much more so is our God in heaven Awesome. He loves us. He says we are heirs and co-heirs with Christ. That we are going to inherit and be part of eternity with Jesus. We need to experience him. Are we acting though as his kids? You know what I'm you know who I'm most comfortable around other than my wife? My dad. Right? I'm comfortable. When I'm around my dad, I can say, well, mostly anything. <laughs> and I'm comfortable there. I'm, I'm at home there. Are we at home in the presence of God? We need to be. It needs to be, that needs to be our new normal, is to be in the presence of God. And that's where we rest. And that's where it's not just a Sunday morning experience. Right? It's not just a, a Wednesday night experience. It's a Monday morning, a Thursday afternoon, a Friday night experience. Amen? Or do we just like the benefits of being the children of God? Some of us, we just like the benefits. Oh, I got all these friends at church. Oh, we get coffee. I'm blessed, right? And a lot of us, sometimes we, we, we think like, well, I'm just, I'm just happy that I have the benefits of being in God's family. And that's great. There's lots of great benefits, aren't there? But what if our, our relationship with Jesus is just surface? 
it will never grow, right? We need to grow down deep, put our roots down deep, and allow God to speak to us and to challenge us and to say, hey, that's probably not the best thing for you. It's not terrible, but it's probably not the best thing for you. Amen? Look what it says in John 10, 27, 28. My sheep listen to my voice. This is Jesus talking. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Are you experiencing God so much so that you are hearing his voice? Or are you hearing all the other voices? The media who's trying to change the way you think. Sorry. I don't care which political affiliation that you're part of, but that's still not biblical. Who are you following? Which voices are you listening to? Are you listening to the voices that, that are telling you what you should think or what you should do? Or are you listening to the only voice that matters? And that's Jesus. Three people. Awesome. Woo! Who are you listening to? Are you listening to his voice? Maybe today you're saying... I haven't really experienced God. Maybe you're a young person. You're like, I really want to experience God. I really want him to speak to me. Or maybe you're in the middle or an older person. You're like, I really want to experience God. Not, not, what the, not what the pastor experienced. Not what my parents experienced. But for me. Because I think we're, we're set. We feel like we're set. Okay, well, I'm, I'm Methodist, or I'm, I'm Presbyterian, or I'm Pentecostal, or I'm Baptist. And you're like, okay, well, I'm set. This is my road. I'm going to stick, stick in my lane, right? I'm going to stay in my lane. I'm not going to veer to the right or the left because this is how I grew up. And this is what my parents said, or this is what my great-grandparents did. I believe that God says, I'm doing something new. Do you, the Bible says, do you not perceive it? Won't you listen to me rather than even a pastor? Amen? You need to go home and check me on all this stuff. Right? Go listen to the message again and be like, I'm checking Pastor Landon on this stuff. I'm going to open up the Bible for myself. I'm not going to let him just tell me. I want to hear it from, the, from God himself. I want to experience him. All you have to do is ask. The Bible says, Jesus says, ask and what? You shall receive. That's it. And if you're asking in pure motives, then God is going to give to those who ask. Amen? God, maybe you're asking, God, reveal yourself to me. Speak to me. Give me wisdom. Give me, let your will be done in my life. Don't get to the end and say, man, I wish I would have spent some more time with the Lord. I wish I wouldn't have gone that way or did, went down that track. I want to go down this path. All right, number one is what? What did we say it was? Experience God for yourself. And then the second one, and this is the last one. Everybody's like, what? 
This is the last one. Yeah, I want to give some time for prayer here at the end. But number two, pause and praise. Can we say that together? Listen, we're here. Um, last week we talked about the about two million Israelites went across on dry ground the Red Sea, right? And they get to the other side, and uh, you know what? They've been traveling for a long time. You're thinking like, oh, this is really quick. It's like one chapter in the Bible. This, this was like 10 minutes. No, just imagine this situation that they're in. They're walking. They don't have Nikes on, okay? They're not, they're, they don't have comfortable shoes on. They've got all of their worldly possessions with them. And animals and everything you could imagine. Kids. Right? Imagine some of you, like Shannon over here has 14 kids. Um... <laughs> Um, imagine having four, you know, your, your kids with you and you've been traveling day and night to get out of there and you're scared and, and you don't have a ton of food and you're, you're, imagine. It's like they, they're tired and they're ready to like, let's go, let's set up the tents, let's have a nap. But guess what they do when they get to the other side? They pause and praise. What happens in your life when something good happens? What is the most basic thing that when you're blessed by somebody, what's the most basic response that you would use? Thank you, right? Thank you. Have you ever done something for somebody and you wanted to do it, but they didn't say thank you and you're kind of like, like, that's all you, like, just, like, it's pretty, like, you go up to their mother, thank you. Right? Thank you. It's a pretty basic response, isn't it? But it's profound. It's showing that you have gratitude for something that, that someone has done for you that maybe you could not, you couldn't do for yourself. Thank you. Thank you. I know I've had to do that lots of times. First Chronicles 16.34. First Chronicles 16.34 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Amen? We need to have an attitude of what? Gratitude. Right? It, an attitude of gratitude means that we're... we're always in thanksgiving. We're always thankful. Maybe we're having a bad day, but guess what? We're thankful that we're here sucking air and our, and our uh, hearts are beating blood, right? Right? Pumping blood. Amen? We, we need to, church Christians, we need to have an attitude of gratitude. Even on our lowest days and our darkest nights, we need to be people that say, you know what? I'm going to be thankful in the middle of the storm. I'm going to be thankful that I have a roof over my head for now. <laughs> right? We need to have an attitude of gratitude. It needs to be lifelong. It's not just when something happens great for us. Oh, I'm so thankful. And then the next day we get back to our attitude of complaining. <laughs> right? Christians need to be the most positive, thankful people on the planet. Amen? 
Christians need to, we got freedom. We just talked about the cross. We just talked about what Jesus did in our life. We need to be the most positive, joyful people in the world. Amen? Man, when I was, when I was younger, I remember going in church and people always seemed like they were mad at life. Like, how is that going to attract anybody to Jesus? <laughs> Attitude of gratitude. It doesn't mean every day is going to be perfect. Christians, we're going to have it hard. Right? It's not always going to work out the way we need it. Right? You know, my friend over here has cancer. But you know what? She is always smiling. And she's joyful. Because she has, guess what? An attitude of gratitude. Amen? Amen. So after the Red Sea, what happened? They have this amazing experience with God. And I believe over the last six weeks we had an amazing experience with God at church. And it's going to continue. But then sometimes we just got to pause and praise. Right? Pause. Can we just pause for 30 seconds? Close our eyes for a minute. And recount the things that we're thankful for. What are you thankful for? Tell God, thank you. We need to pause and praise, don't we? Amen. And I'm sure you, you recounted the things that God's doing in your life that you that you're, have an attitude of gratitude for. But you know what? When the battle is won, we need to praise. Right? When the, when the good thing comes back from the doctor and, and you're healed, we need to praise. When the miracle happens, we praise. When we're in the boat with Jesus and the storm's coming, we praise anyway. We have an attitude of gratitude. Because guess what? We have the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords on our side. And if, right? If we have Him, who can be against us? Amen? So look, we're going we're gonna to look a little bit here at Exodus 15. And this is directly, this is what they do. Directly out of, they'd walked across on dry ground. Moses is leading them. And they get to the other side and they don't have a nap. They don't put on Netflix like, oh, that was a great day. Netflix time. No, they paused and they praised. Netflix is fine. Okay. Get to that after the pause and the praise moment. But look what they did here. Just a couple, just a couple verses to show you. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord. For he is highly exalted. Both horse and driver he has hurled into the sea. Now we don't wrestle against flesh and blood any longer, right? So we, when we're praising God, thank you that the enemy fled from me. And that you brought me freedom in this situation. Hurled into the sea. Verse 2. The Lord is my strength and my defense. They're praising. He has 
become my salvation. They're being thankful. He is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Amen? So when we get to the other side of the Red Sea, we better pause and we better praise. Amen? We better take a moment and say, God, look what you did. I didn't do it. Moses didn't do it. But guess who did it? You did it. You're our warrior. You're our mighty God. We're having a praise break. Come on, can we praise in the house this morning? Because he is good. His love endures forever. Amen? We pause and we praise. I don't know if you're hearing me today. We pause and we praise. Amen? So look. Let's look down here a little bit further. Maybe maybe um, I thought about some things last night. I was like, maybe in your house, maybe you have to have a thankful wall. Maybe it has to be something specific. When you get home from work, you're like, okay God, what am I thankful for today? I'm going to pin it up on the praise wall. I'm going to pause, I'm going to write it down, and I'm going to praise. Maybe it's a jar, maybe it's whatever you want. But I think that we need to put it into our life's habit. When I pray, the first thing I do when I pray is I thank the Lord. And I ask Him for forgiveness too. But I thank Him for all the blessings that He's bestowed on me. We declare Him, we praise Him, and we act on it. Right? Imagine if we're acting, our actions are always thanksgiving. Our actions are always praise. We're like, Pastor Landon, I, I'm not doing so good. Well, guess what? Paul and Silas weren't doing so good either. They threw Paul and Silas in prison because of their relationship with God. And they beat, they beat them. And they're sitting there, and they said it's about midnight, and they're sitting on the floor, and they're in the stocks. We showed you this last year. They're in the stocks. Their hands are tied to their feet, and they're connected together. And they're bleeding and most likely naked or at least half naked. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a bad situation. But guess what they did? They paused and they praised. So even in our darkest hours, we praise. And they praised and they... And guess what happened? It was an earthquake. And suddenly, this loud noise erupted... And the doors opened of the jail. And it wasn't just for Paul and Silas to get out. There was a jailer who was about to commit suicide. He's like, oh, everybody's going to run out. And Paul's like, wait a second, we're all here. We were just praising. And he comes in and guess what? The jailer, his whole household was saved that day. Amen? Isn't that awesome? Because guess what? Someone said, even in my darkest moment, I'm going to praise and be thankful. I'm going to have an attitude of gratitude. And guess what? Someone took notice of their attitude and their joy. Said, I want that too. If that guy can be in the jail, tied up and bleeding, and he can worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, I can. And guess what? His whole family was saved that day. I don't know if you're hearing me today. Maybe. Praise is an outward sign of an inward attitude. Complaining is also an outward sign of an inward attitude. Where is your heart today? 
Are you a complainer or are you a praiser? Uh-oh. He's stepping on our toes today. Listen, sometimes I'm a complainer. I want to be a praiser. Are you a complainer or a praiser? Are you thankful or resentful? I bet the Israelites were tired and weary from their journey. But look what happens next. Down in the same chapter, look, look at here if Jacob, you want to come up, brother. Look what happens in Exodus 15, 19. When Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and horsemen went into the sea, the Lord brought the waters of the sea back over them. But the Israelites walked through the sea on dry ground. Then Miriam, the prophet, so this is a lady prophet, Amen. We've been talking about if you've been here on Wednesday nights, a woman prophet. She was doing the Lord's work. Aaron's sister, also Moses, took a, uh, a timbrel. So a musical woman followed her with the same instrument and dancing. Miriam sang to them, sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. Both horse and driver he has hurled into the sea. Amen? They paused and they praised. Because they wanted to say that moment that I experienced God. And when we experience God, guess what? We can't just keep moving along. We've got to say, let's pause here for a second and let's praise. Because so can we stand just for a moment and can we praise here? Jacob's going to sing, sing something. We're just going to we're just going to lift our voices for a moment. And we're going to be thankful. We're going to say, God, I have an attitude of gratitude. I praise you today because of all the things that you've done in, in my life. So let's, let's spend just a moment praising. We're going to pause and praise and then we're going to pray.